Hello and welcome to Trigonometry. I'm Francis Foster. I'm Constantine Kissin. And this is a show for you if you want honest conversations with fascinating people. Our brilliant guest today is a teacher, journalist and self-described opinionated trans woman. David Hayden, welcome to Trigonometry. Hi, nice to meet you both. Uh, it's great to meet you. Great to have you here. Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, we'll get into all your problematic opinions in a second, uh, but just tell everybody a little bit about who are you, how are you where you are, what has been the journey that leads you through life to be sitting here talking to us? Right, well, I'm a teacher. I've been teaching for 25 years. Uh, I live in Birmingham. I teach, I teach in the West Midlands. Uh, I uh, probably wouldn't be sitting here, though, if I hadn't transitioned uh, 10 years ago. Mm. And, and what led you to transition? Uh, mental health, uh, a mental health crisis, really. Uh, I'd had, I'd had issues with my, well, issues with my gender. I've sometimes described it, but don't try and push me on what that actually means. But I, I knew I had psychological issues with this from when I was about three years old, but managed to, uh, as many other people do, you manage to keep it in check, get on with life, uh, grow up, you know, get married, have kids, you know, get a job. Uh, but, Around 10 years ago, I just found it increasingly difficult to carry on as I was, uh, as a man, uh, working as a man, living as a man. I felt I should have been a woman. Uh, I actually felt, I actually believed at the time I was some sort of woman. So I transitioned. Mm. Mm. And you got into, uh, certainly came to people's attention, uh, to, 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 certainly to our attention, uh, when you, you wore a T-shirt uh, and help me get this right, because this is all a bit minefieldy. Uh, you wore a T-shirt saying trans women are men. Really glad you're the one asking this question, mate. Yeah, uh, as am I. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm all right so far. You're right. I'm right so far. And then there was some, you know, it got in the news and, and, and there was a big thing and then there was a disciplinary action and blah, 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 blah. Now, wh why would you as a trans woman wear a T-shirt saying trans women are men? Well, it's a political statement. I've always, uh, I've always wanted to say things what I believe in. Uh, as I said, when I transitioned, I thought it was some sort of woman. By two years ago, when I wore that T-shirt, uh, I realised I was no more a woman than you two are. Uh, but uh, we're bombarded with this message that trans women are women. Get over it. And there's that second part of the statement, which I think is equally important as the first. You know, trans women and women get over it. The message is to the rest of society, you've got to get over it. You've got a problem. Whereas uh, my message was trans women are men, which is an equally valid political statement. But get over it is directed inwards towards us, because I think if we get over that fact, we can live much happier lives and much more secure lives and much more confident lives. Do you not think that there's an inherent contradiction, though? Because if you are a man, what possible reason would we have to describe you as she and use female pronouns when you're not in the room? Well, it's what you see and what you uh, and how you naturally would describe me. Uh, we use we use pronouns for inanimate objects, like ships can be she. So it, I would go with sec with uh, pronouns describing sex, but. Pronouns, when I describe somebody else, pro the pronouns I use are to help me describe that person uh, to, uh, to somebody else. 
And uh, so if you were describing me as she, if, if that makes the conversation between you easier, then use it. If uh, you use he, then uh, use he. The, most, the important thing about a pronoun is it's text, it stands in the way of the noun so that you know exactly which uh, noun or which person you're talking about. The, the reason I bring it up, Debbie, and I want to get into this a little bit because I, I think this is where one of the biggest disagreements there is on this issue. And it might feel like we're getting into the weeds to people, yeah. but it is important. You know, we had Jordan Peterson on the show a, a while ago, uh, and we, we were talking about the fact that identity is a negotiation between the individual and society. And so to me, it seems like the concern about ensuring that people use the pronouns which match the gender that you now have is about, say, you know, when if I was to say he about a trans woman who wasn't you, that would be me deliberately or possibly deliberately, but it would be me rejecting their attempt to, to have the identity of a trans woman. Now, people would, might, people would argue that, right? So the, the reason I ask you the question is, if you are a man, why would I embrace the, the identity that you now have, which is you're a trans woman. You, you know, you, you've made, uh, you've taken steps to be, to appear f- female, right? You've yeah, done that. Yeah. To, to, it, and that's a reflection of how you feel inside, but it's also a reflection of how you... I, I'm, I'm putting things on you now and you reject them at, at will, but you want society to see you a certain way as well. And me using a different pronoun is me saying, I don't see you that way. And that's why I think a lot of people are uncomfortable. Do you see what, where I'm I see at? where you're coming from, but it's... You know, it's, to me, the most important person who thinks is me. It's, sure. it's how I feel about myself. The whole process of transition was to help me feel comfortable with my body. Uh... Uh, you know, uh, why should I care what you think? This, this, this is this is the issue. You think one thing uh, that shouldn't bother me. If I've got, if I'm confident in who I am and secure in who I am, your thoughts don't uh, don't don't concern me. That that's, that sounds uh, uh, that sounds I'm being negative towards you now. But uh, you, you're just, entitled to. It yeah. just it just seems that uh, others seem to look to other people to validate them. I want you to think this about me so I feel good about myself, which is just, it's a fool's game. Mm. Because even if you say something, I'm not convinced if you actually believe it. And, and we get into that point, well, you know, Constance says this, but does he really mean it? And, and I, want, I want you to be honest, you know, and, uh, and use, whichever pronoun, use, use whichever pronouns you like. It, 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 doesn't, it, doesn't, it doesn't bother me. In real life where people know me, uh, there's a mixture to use. Some people use female pronouns about me. Others use male pronouns about me. And it really, it really, it really doesn't matter. Uh, really? No, it doesn't matter at all. Uh, so my, my children use male pronouns because I'm their father. Uh, but we just, we, we just go with it. So, uh, you know, the, the, t- the phone, the, we still have a landline. But, and it still, it still takes calls, <laughs> and it still takes calls, which are not uh, people trying to uh, sell us stuff or tell us our internet's uh, going to be. That's cancelled. how I know you're from the north. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but people ring, and uh, so so we've got uh, we've got the kids who have been uh, using male pronouns. Mm. So mm. he this and he that, and that's fine. And then the phone will go, and I'll say, and and one of my kids will ring. Yeah, yeah. I'll go get her for you, and uh, you know. So it's just they're just labels these pronouns. So let's say you had a colleague or someone you knew who insisted on calling you by the incorrect pronouns. You wouldn't be upset, offended, angry, 
Even if you said to them, look, I prefer these pronouns. No. Oh, no. No. Well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go out of my way to say you must use this pronoun. Yeah. When, when, when I transitioned, there were two tests of uh, whether you'd made a successful transition, as mm. it was called. The aim was, was, to, uh, was to address your, you know, you, you, mental health issues, like, what, call them what you will. The aim was to transition and then pass unnoticed in society, you know, and, and be taken at first glance as a member of the opposite sex. So when, when you heard people referring to you by pronouns, when people would say... Uh, she, you thought, oh, I'm doing something right here. This, this, the, you know, I, I'm, you know, something's going, going right here. The other one used to be being directed to the toilets, which is another thorny, it become a thorny issue. So if you said, you know, do you know where the toilets are? And if you were directed to the women's, you think, oh, you know, and you do, you, you would, you would, you would, you would ask them you, you just didn't know. And that would be the, uh, that would be the way of testing these, you know, testing, you know, your, uh, the way you're projecting yourself, uh, to society. We seem to have, uh, we seem to have turned that completely on its head, where now, rather than uh, me doing something and then, uh, and then having society respond, it's telling society what to do. You know, you shall use these pronouns or you'll be, uh, you know, whatever, you know, a horrible person because you uh, hate trans people. And you think, well, no, it, it's, it's the wrong way around. You know, we should be, uh, we should be uh, taking our part in society rather than demanding things of society like this. And Debbie, why do you think it is that, look, this is an issue which affects a tiny portion of society. It's a tiny portion of society. And that doesn't mean they don't deserve support and all the rest of it. But why is it that it has become so politicised and become such a mainstream issue? It's, it's bananas, isn't it? It really is. Uh, when, I, when I transitioned, the aim was to uh, basically stay out the press and, uh, and keep your job, mm. which bit, bit's bit ridiculous now because I'm, you know, but, uh, you know, it has become, it, it ceased to become a clinical issue. It used, you know, it used to be a clinical issue. We had a, we had a mental health issue and this was a treatment for it. And that was that. Uh, well, it's become a, it's, it's become a civil rights issue almost, uh, where it's, you know, it's become a big debating, you know, debating issue in society. I do, I do, I do worry that it's being driven by, uh, by uh, you know other vested interests, I do worry that this is a this is a way of doing two things, which is uh, which is uh, compromising women's boundaries and women's rights. Uh, women, you know, women erect barriers in the way of men for very good reason. You know, and we've, you know, there's just. You know, the, the, there are just too many cases where men have been, where men have abused women. It just, it just keeps happening. So women have to put those barriers up, and men don't necessarily like it because they're not necessarily in control of the situation. Uh, and the other one is the safeguarding of children. And you know, the tra you know trans trans people such as me, I think I'd be you know I would no I don't know I worry that we're being used in a political uh, campaign to, uh, you know, to compromise those barriers that, that women have put up. Used by whom? Uh, men, basically. Well, I, I'm not doing it. I'm no. Not, which men do you mean? Like, who is it that's doing it? This is well, it's, it's, it's a good question. Uh, it's been, it, it's been, it's, it's an affront to uh, women's uh, boundaries in that women in traditionally have been able to put up boundaries to men mm. and say, look, these spaces are ours. 
This, mm. this is, this, the, these, are, these are our, these are our spaces. If we uh, let you in, it's on our terms. They did, they did, and have done let transsexual people through those. Uh, we've had other right, we've had other uh, rights for women. Uh, all women shortlists in politics. Uh, all w- places on committees or so. Whereas we're in a position now where a man can self-declare as a trans woman. And, you know, we've had a big debate over self-ID, but in a lot of places in society, you say, you know, a man declares themselves to be a trans woman and a trans woman they are. And suddenly expect a free pass into those spaces. They expect uh, to be uh, put onto uh, an all-women shortlist, you know, into politics. If you, uh, they, expect, they expect all those rights. And suddenly women are there looking at thinking, well, what's, what's the point of, uh, yeah, what's the point of having a door we can lock on men if, if they, if anyone can cut their own key? That, that's what, it, that's what it feels like to me. It's, it's an affront on that power imbalance between which women have had to defend themselves against a power imbalance. And this, this then goes against those defenses which they've set up. No, I get that. I just don't understand who, who's, who's using people, trans people for that purpose. You, you, you talk about that in, in a slightly sort of, I mean, yeah. not conspiratorial way, but you know what I mean. And I'm just trying to understand because um, is it really the case that lots of people are pretending to be trans women to, in order to get on a short list or to get into a bathroom or whatever? Is that, is that common? Well, Does that happen a it, lot? It's what you said about pretending to be a trans woman. How do we know the difference between somebody who's pretending to be a trans woman and somebody... What is a trans woman? You tell me. Well, yeah, this, 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 this is the question which sometimes get asked. You know, what is a trans woman? And, you know, do we have, do we have some sort of, uh, some sort of inner being somewhere in here, something called a gender identity, which makes me a trans woman? I've got a different gender identity to you. Well, there's no evidence for any of that. You know, there's, uh, whenever you, uh, you know, whenever you look at people, there's no evidence that there's anything different in my brain to your brains. Uh, this, this whole concept of gender identity, which have been sold is, well, it doesn't, it doesn't need to exist. And in my view, if it doesn't need to exist, why has it been invented? And it's been invented to create this concept of this trans person. You are trans because you have this almost like a soul like, uh, you know, concept inside, inside your head. You've got a female soul or something. Uh, that's, that's, that's what we get, uh, that's what we get told. But if you take that away, you then say, you know, what is, you know, what is a trans woman? And one very, you talked, you know, you mentioned about being an opinionated trans woman. You know, one thing, you know, one suggestion which I would never be allowed to say on Twitter, carefully if you tweet this, is that trans women are men with a a certain type of psychological disorder, which creates an insatiable need to present in the same way as a woman. But it doesn't mean that we're a woman. Mm. And why can't we say that? Uh, because it denies people's identity. And is it just as simple as that? Just the fact that, but you know, if somebody says there's something, and surely other people have the right to critique it or deny it, even if they think that that is true. Yeah, and and the other thing is when when people say, well, we, we we've got a question on the census. You know, do you have a gender identity which is different to your sex you know to your biological sex as what as assigned at birth uh or whatever whatever language the government have decided to put on there but this has reached the census do you have a gender identity and uh, to say well this i don't think this actually exists 
is uh, it's a big thing, is that? But who who came up with the idea? You know, one question I sometimes ask of people who who say this is, who told you that, and why did you believe them? Because it's gone round saying that everybody's got a gender identity, and you say, well, who told you? And but it's because everybody seems to think it that uh, it must be true. Yeah. But I, I, as a scientist, I always like to look for evidence in this. So that's a really interesting thing. So your view, and correct me again as I'm wrong, I'm just trying to understand this as I go, because it's new to me. Yeah. Uh, I've not heard many people say what you've just said, uh, who, who are themselves have had that. You know, you get trolls on the internet going, uh, you know, trans women are men, men, they should get back and whatever, in a sort of aggressive, angry way. But I've never, what you're saying is be, being trans is a psychological disorder? Is that? Yeah, I think the, the problem is, is the loading on the word disorder. Yeah. Mm. This thing is bad, whatever. Whereas, you know, what's, what's wrong with having a disorder? Well, it's an abnormality, maybe. Yes. Yeah. Well, this, this is another word. It's the, these words are seen as pejoratives, but, uh, as a physics teacher, uh, one of my jokes is we can all be normal as long as we stand up straight. Because uh, <laughs> the view we have is that normal is, is 90 degrees to the surface. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and to, be or, you know, to be disordered just means not ordered. Yeah. And in its true sense, that means all standing in line. One, two, three, four, five. Well, I prefer to stand off to one side and be myself. So this idea to say that Trans women are men with a psychological disorder is political dynamite. Yes. Yeah. But, <laughs> no shit. <laughs> uh, but yeah. uh, shouldn't it be an shouldn't it be a claim that we're allowed to argue in debate? Oh, hundred percent. Completely. Do you sometimes think with this debate that in an effort to be compassionate, we're sacrificing truth, reason, and logic? Yes. It, it's uh, uh, truth. Is truth is truth. And uh, we're 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 hiding the truth. We're obfuscating the truth. We're uh, keep and we're we're yeah we're we're avoiding the truth. We'll put the truth to one side in order to be kind to people. But is it kind essentially to be telling lies to people? Well, this is where I come back to to this idea of identity being a so partly a social construct. I I do think you're asking a lot of people to to expect that they only care about how they perceive themselves. Even for people who, who don't have that, let's call it disorder, just for, use of, for ease of language, even for people who don't have that, you know, very few people are that independently minded that they simply don't care how anyone perceives them. You know, we all put on clothes and makeup and, and you know, jewelry and whatever to make a certain impression on others. It's just part of how we evolved, right? We are social beings. So... I, I I have to say I do get the argument that by you know not using the pronouns or denying someone's way of thinking about themselves, that has an impact, don't you think? Yeah, I think it's I think it comes down to the fact that our identity is it is intermeshed with with our relationship with society. Yeah, exactly. And when I was when I was uh, coming here today, I, you know, everybody I met was was. Uh, I was referred to as female, female pronouns. I don't think for a moment my identity was being, uh, was being denied at all. Uh, but I don't, I don't have a badge that says you must use uh, female pronouns. Mm. But the way I interact with society means people tend to use female pronouns because they're more comfortable referring to me by female pronouns. Yeah. And it's whether it's, 
it's yes, we have an we have we have personal identity. I know who I am, but we also we're also social beings living in society, and it's it, it interlinks with how you see me. But what what the problem I think we're having is, uh, it's other people and and, and be careful who are, who who are talking about here because I, I don't want to put the finger at individuals, but it's it's the philosophy that I am going to. Uh, you know, I'm going to demand that society treats me in one way uh, by my words, but my actions, how I live my life, is a different way, and that's the, that's the clash. And I'm going to expect society to uh, to cope with that. Whereas I, I don't, I don't do that. I, I live my life one way, and uh, and it people tend to uh, take me as I, as I want to be taken. So I guess what you're saying is you've made your best effort to present as a woman. And people can take it or leave it, essentially. But most people will take it because you've made the effort. Whereas if you came in here with a beard and a whatever and looked just like a man, you have less reason to expect people to treat you as a woman. Yeah. And, and to use one example, if I'm, uh, if I'm walking home late at night and it's dark and I'm by myself uh, and I've got, I've got my big coat on, then I'll turn me, I'll turn, I'll tie my hair back. I'll put my coat on. I'll put my hood up. Uh, make sure I'm wearing jeans, and uh, I put, put my shoulders out, and I'll get taken for a man. It's much safer. Uh, and in that case, then I wouldn't expect people to use female. You know, if, if you know, if if I was being referred to, then I wouldn't I wouldn't expect people to use female pronouns in that situation. So you've got the best of both worlds. <laughs> well, yeah, I've I've sometimes said to people that. Uh, we uh, we may put male privilege to one side, but we can we can take it back whenever we want it. And in that that is that is one example of that. So I can uh, I you know the the male privilege which I may try to put to one side comes straight back, and I can walk down the street at at night. And because people, yeah, people imagine they see well, you know, people see a man. So uh, I don't I don't I don't suffer the same uh, issues that a woman would do walking alone at night. And that leads us rather nicely into the issue of non-binary. That is something that I still struggle to get my head around. I'm going to be honest with you, I still don't really get it. Can you explain what non-binary actually is and your opinions on it? Well, aren't we all non-binary? Are you binary? Am I binary? <laughs> <laughs> I'll be honest with you, I never expected that keep, question. Do keep comparing him to Sue Perkins. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's a good, what, what, do, what does binary mean? Uh, I guess it means that somebody uh, identifies uh, completely with the, uh, uh, you know, with the stereotypes and characteristics which are expected of men or women in society. But when you when you start unpacking that in, in yourself, we're all a curious mixture of masculinity and femininity. You know, we're we're all you know we're all you know qualities which are considered to be masculine, qualities which are considered to be feminine. You know, we're we're all we're all a mixture of those. Uh, so in terms of... But we are a mixture yeah. of those, but I am binary. Like, I've never questioned my quote-unquote gender identity. I've never felt like, well, maybe I'm not a man. Like, it's just never occurred to me. Mm. Right? So I'm, I'm binary, let's say. Francis, questionable. <laughs> <laughs> but Hate speech. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's, what, it's what this means. It means you're talking about your personality. It's how you feel comfortable with yourself, yeah. Yeah. with your body, uh, with those things. But this, this, is, this is separate from our sex. 
you know, we're, hu- we're, we're human beings, we're mammals, and like any other species of mammals, there are two types of every species, there's male and there's female. And if, if people don't believe me, I, I usually say, well, go and speak to your biological parents. I bet you've got one of each. Uh, because that is sex. Sex is binary. Uh, then we talk about personality, gender, how we feel about ourselves, our identity, and that's different. And what we've, what, what's happened and where we've, where we've confused ourselves is we put all this together in one. So we're talking about, uh, we're talking about, uh, uh, you know, we're talking about men, we talk about women, and then we talk about this non-binary in the middle, as if to say somebody who is not a man and not a woman. Uh, but, what I would come back there to say is there are people of both sexes who, uh, who identify as non-binary. But what interests me is, is the way that, and again, this also what I'm going to say is, is possible political dynamite, is what female non-binary people and male non-binary people, uh, you know, their experience in life is different. Because as human beings, you see somebody who isn't stereotypically presenting as man or woman and you think oh but as human beings we look at the people and we think oh yeah this is a male person who is uh who is presenting in a androgynous manner this is a female person who's behaving in an androgynous manner but as human beings we we view we you know we we do take note of the uh, of the sexes and we do relate to each each sex differently we all do we've got we've got millions of years of evolution which has which which has led us here you know we are we are we are our bodies in that way uh so when you start talking about non-binary is if you separate the two if you put sex to one side and say you know we're all we're all male or female that's mm-hmm. a biological fact so one two three we're all male people mm-hmm. uh that I would say is, you know, is, is, should be un- uncontroversial. Then we look at uh, personality, uh, separately, call it gender, call it identity, whatever you like. And then we've got, uh, you know, people who were quite happy with all the, uh, ish- quite happy with the stereotypes which are put on them, quite happy about going down the street saying, I'm a man, doesn't bother them. And, and there's others who struggle with that. Some of us, some of us transition so that we're there you know, presenting as the opposite sex. Mm. Uh, and others sort of, you know, will prefer to be presenting as, as neither. But when, when you actually, uh, when you actually say, when you take that personality spectrum, when you talk about non-binary, the moment you create non-binary people in this spectrum, well, the two, pe- the two ends are just, is, is it fair to say that is a binary or are they just two ends of a non-binary spectrum? So, I think your question makes more sense if you separate the two and then say, you can make a personality what you like. That, that's fine. We can talk about that. But when it comes to sex, you know, that is, I'm a science teacher. There are two sexes and we can't change it. So if we keep non-binary out of that, then it all makes more sense. But that, again, is the political issue. People like to identify out of their sex. But uh, we can no more... You know, we no more identify out of our height or our age. You know, I, you know, you, you know, it's the, these, these are just facts of our bodies. You know, my body is male. It's 182 tall and it, and it came into existence 52 years ago. You know, I might not want that to be the case, but th- that, those are facts of life. Have you ever been abroad and felt out of place because you didn't speak the language? No, because I voted Brexit. 
Brexit means Brexit. I know that sometimes you're abroad, you don't speak the local language, it's very awkward, like Francis talking to a woman. So you have to shout. Do you want to learn another language? I don't, for obvious reasons. But if you do, Babbel is quite simply one of the finest language learning apps in the business. Babbel offers a clear and easy to use interface. They have daily 10 to 15 minute lessons that have been proven effective across many studies showing that you can learn up to 14 languages that they offer. So it doesn't matter if you struggle with language. Maybe you find it difficult to pick up or maybe you're just English. Right now, Babbel is offering our fans six months free on a six-month subscription with Babbel using our special code, which is, of course, Trigger. That's Babbel. B-A-B-B-E-L dot co dot UK slash play. And use the promo code Trigger. Look at that spelling. He learned English on Babbel. I did. But seriously, go to babbel.co.uk forward slash play, use our code Trigger, and enjoy Babbel. Debbie, do you think this hyper-focus on gender is helpful as to what we're doing now, how we seem to be pulling everything apart and there seems to be genders being created, you know, almost every day, the fact that we talk about non-binary. Is that actually helping us as a society? No, no, it isn't. Uh, I think people should just be allowed to be themselves. And we shouldn't need, we shouldn't need to invent a category to identify into to allow, allow ourselves the people we want to be. So... You know, if somebody wants to, uh, you know, if somebody's personality type is to wear, you know, is to wear their hair in an unusual fashion, colour it blue, whatever, then just just do it. You know, don't feel you've got to identify as a certain category in order to uh, to be be yourself. Uh, you know, and and you're right. There are so many of these different categories, and you think, why do people need these? Uh, you know. When we talk about the LGBT, WXYZ, you know, whatever, you know, all, all these different categories that people create for themselves, create for society, you know, I, you know one which I've come across, which I, I, I'm, you know, I'm struggling to get my head around, but I keep getting myself into trouble is, is people who identify as asexual. Well, you know, and I've said, well, what's, what's the big deal? You just, you just don't, you know, if, if you don't need a, a romantic sexual partner, well, it's, it's an issue you don't need to worry about. Just, you know, what, what, what's the issue here? Why do you need a label to say, you know, I just don't, you know, I, I prefer being by myself. I don't, I don't need, uh, you know, I don't, I, I'm not sexual. I'm asexual. But I, I got myself into an awful lot of hot water for, uh, for denying people's identity. But I don't see, if that's the person they want to be, I don't see, need to see that why they need to create a category that they then need to uh, restrict them into this completely artificial, in my view, category which they've created. I just think people should be themselves. It's a good point that you said that people should be themselves, but isn't it also a way of garnering attention for yourself, creating an identity, therefore that people notice you, therefore that you, you can explain yourself succinctly to the world in a way that you couldn't before? It's far more difficult to explain who I am, if we go into the complexities. But if you just say, you know, cis, straight, white, male, boom, it's done. Yeah, it's, it's the, are people, are people choosing these identity levels to be special? Yeah. Because uh, there are different flags for all the, you know, the, uh, the, the, all the different flags. There's the LGBT flag, there's the, uh, you know, the trans flag, which everybody, everybody knows that one. 
Uh, there's the there is an asexual flag. There's a bisexual. We've got them all flag. at the back, there. <laughs> yeah. 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 uh, and there's a heterosexual flag. Is, is there? There? Heter- there is a heterosexual flag. Have a guess what colours it it is. I don't know. Is it like all the primary colours? No, 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 no. Black shades of grey. Is it shades of grey? So, uh, so they pick the dullest colour. They pick the absolutely dullest colour to actually say this is the heterosexual flag. And what you send to people is, why be as boring as this when you can have all these colours and all these separate identities? Yeah, that's interesting. And do you think this politicisation that we're seeing? with the LGBTQI+, but particularly focusing on trans people. Is this helpful? Is this helping you in any way? No, it doesn't help me at all. Uh, I, I transitioned and got, got, on with, got on with life. The one most important piece of legislation for me was the Equality Act, which gave us our own uh, protected characteristic of gender reassignment. And what that means is, is that I can't be treated less favourably uh, or, you know, because of... I've gone through gender reassignment, so I can't be sacked from my job. People used people used to be dismissed from their jobs, mm. and employers would say, "Oh, we support what you're doing, but you'll be too much trouble." So you know, here go. Uh, but so I can't be denied goods and services in shops. I can't be, uh, you know. Uh, so that that protects me now. To be honest, this this is this this is a great country. You know, the vast majority of people are open-minded, liberal, accepting. There are, you know, there are there are there are people around as as we all as we all know who are not. But on the whole, it's a very accepting country and has been. But what the what the Equality Act did was uh, it gave people the confidence in which to do that to say I'm doing the right thing and the law says I can do the right thing. And I transitioned and got on and got on with the job. Uh, my aim of going to school each day was to teach children not to be a, not to be a trans person there. And, and that was working. Then it was around 2014, 2015, uh, big campaigning organisations started jumping on this to use this as a, almost like a civil rights movement, which in my view was never necessary. We, we were getting along just fine with trans people. Because we, we keep being told, and this is an important part of the conversation that we haven't had yet, but we, yeah. you bring it up. We keep being told that if, uh, you know, if trans kids, if such a thing exists, if children with gender dysphoria, uh, if, the, if they're not given the right emotional support, if they're not, you know, given help with their transition, if they're not, the pronouns aren't used, if their parents don't immediately start going, well, you say you're a girl, then you're a girl, whatever it is. If that doesn't happen, then, uh, you know, suicides are very high. We're, we're told that the reason we need to, to be very aware of this and, very, you know, raise awareness uh, is that trans people experience a lot of hate and abuse and violence. And, and it, you know, and that worries me. I don't want to be contributing to people being hurt. You know, and if that, you know, and I think the argument goes, well, you know, if I just use the right pronouns and if I just, you know, don't worry too much about the the nuances of it, if I just accept what I'm being told, well, at least I'm not hurting people. That's how a lot of people think. And frankly, probably until we started the show, that's how I thought. I was like, well, I'll just do what's asked of me because I don't want to hurt people who are already vulnerable. Mm. You know, is that not all true? You've asked a lot of questions there. I have. Uh, a lot of questions. I want to come back to what you've said about children. That is an issue. That, that is, that's a huge issue. But coming back to this, how trans people live in society, it's not my experience at all that there's a lot of people out to get me. I live, a, 
you know, my life is as normal as anybody else's and there aren't people hiding around the corner abusing me. It, it doesn't happen. Uh, this week in Parliament, uh, Jess Phillips read out Karen Ingala Smith's list of the uh, hundred, more than 100 women who have been murdered by male people, including partners, this year. When we talk about trans people, the impression is that the world is much more dangerous for trans people, but uh, there, wasn't, there wasn't a list to read out from the UK this year or last year. We have an International Transgender Day of Remembrance every year uh, where we're remembering people in uh, largely in different, completely different societies to ours where, where life is, is, is very difficult for anybody who is different, mm. for, for women, for trans people, for gay and lesbian people. They're very, very different societies to ours. Claim, but enough the, about my country and <laughs> Russia. <laughs> the claim that this is somehow a dangerous society for uh, trans people is, well, I, I'd say from first-hand experience, it's ludicrous and it's a political claim that's been made. Uh, but then going on to what you were saying about the children, if we don't affirm children's identities, well, you know, we need to ask the question, we go back, you know, why was this not picked up 40 years ago, 30 years ago, whenever, when there wasn't a, a spate of children committing suicide because their uh, identities were not recognised? It wasn't happening. Now, my own situation was from three years old, I knew I had a... I knew, I knew I had some psychological issues. I desperately wanted to be a girl. I knew, I knew this, these, these wishes were so shameful. I couldn't, I couldn't tell anybody. So it was all, it was all buried down. But I, I would have, you know, I would have benefited from that, uh, from that being unpacked and helped to say, look, you know, you just, you know, you, you, you've got, you know, you, you've got these feelings. Uh, they're not your fault you've got these feelings. You can't be a girl because you're a boy. But let's have a look and see how we can make you, you know, help you become comfortable with yourself. What, what's happening now uh, and what I've, what, you know, what's happening now is that children are being told, well, you can be, you, you really the other sex. You can be the other sex. And if that had been said to me in 1971, 1972, 1973... I'd have been, I, I would have been clamouring to transition and be the other sex. And where would that have left me? You know, uh, you, uh, you, you have prepudescent children at primary school. Well, you know, before puberty, children can grow, either cut their hair or grow their hair long. What you wear, it's relatively easy to pass as the other sex. But then puberty comes along and that is the, that's the key to adult life. And before before children actually understand what it means to be an adult now, we're saying to them, you know, you can choose whether to go through that puberty and that puberty. And they're, and they're, they're, of, equal, they're, they're of equal value. You know, it doesn't matter. This is values. You can, be a, you can grow up to be an adult man or you can be an adult woman. You choose. And if I'd been given that choice in 1975, you know, 1980, I'd have chosen to be a woman. Because, oh, I chose me to be a girl because that, that, that's what I wanted Would to do. Would you not rather that had happened? No. Why not? Because I wouldn't have had my children. And uh, as human beings, we, uh, you know, there's various things that drive us. We are biological. And, you know, within, 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 within humanity, if there wasn't that driver to have our own, have our own children, we, we, our species would sort of die out very quickly, I think. So that's there, and that's very strong in me. And, and, and as I became an adult, I really wanted my own kids. 
and I've had my own kids. And if I transitioned as a child, that would never have happened. And that, to me, those those things are far more important than that. And and then we're saying, I really wouldn't have been a woman and never have been a woman. Uh, I would have been a boy who had transitioned before puberty and then been given synthetic hormones so my body would have developed how it had done. Maybe, you know, the, the difference now in life would have been that uh, rather than being, you know, my, my voice would be, would be higher, well, so what? Uh, and uh, I wouldn't be quite as tall as I am, but I like being 1 meter 82 I can see all the top of the crowd. <laughs> you know, so there, there are advantages that I wouldn't, I wouldn't, you know, if... You know, if transgender therapies could uh, chop 10 centimetres off your height, I, 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 I wouldn't go there because I like being tall. So I just think, for me, if this had been presented to me, I would have taken it and it would have been the wrong thing. And this is from somebody who has, who has transitioned. Uh, whereas other people, other friends of mine say that uh, when I was a child... I felt like this, but I, I, grew out of, I grew out of those feelings. And those are more often than not women. And the number of women I've spoken to who, as they approached puberty, felt really negative about this because they realised what it was going to do with their body. They realised that they were, you know, that roots in life were being shut off. Uh, so they were desperate to be the other sex. But then, then those, that, those feelings went away. And uh, what really concerns me about what we're seeing with children is that this generation now that are being that are being told they can be the other sex the vast vast majority of them now are girls you know it's it's around you know two-thirds of the referrals to gender clinics are now girls and there is no there's there's no big army of middle-aged women coming out saying oh now that society's changed i can transition there's middle-aged women saying yeah when i was that age i felt like that too but I grew out of it, and I really do worry about what we're doing to these children. Uh, just tell them that they can be the opposite sex when they can't, making those promises to them. Uh, and then when puberty comes along, saying, you know, there's this medication which and, uh, and surgical treatments which uh, can make you into some sort of facsimile of the off... Well, they don't say that, they say we, you, they make you the opposite sex. And it's just not true. And the... Uh, you know, the, the impact on those children in the future, I really do worry about. We talked about women's rights before. You know, this, this trans has become, has become the hot topic of, of debate. Uh, it will pass on to something else. I'm sure something else will come around. And if women's rights have been compromised and they can be reclaimed. But if children's bodies have been damaged, they're damaged for life. And they only have one body. And that is something as adults we need a responsible we need to take responsibility for that. And there are too many people who are saying, Oh well, you know, if that's what's if that's what's going on. Now there's no no, you know, no criticism here, but there is there is a widespread attitude that uh, I don't know about this. This you know, cleverer people than me uh, come and do this if it's not harming anybody, but children's bodies are being harmed. And I think as adults we all have a responsibility to look think critically at what's going on, look at both sides of the argument. And when claim, when people make claims, ask, always ask that question, you know, where is the evidence that they're citing for this claim? Because I think all too often we're hearing too, you know, the evidence which is cited is, is that uh, everybody thinks this, which is an appeal to popularity, or, you know, 
people in, in authority think this, which is an appeal to authority. Whereas those, you know, anybody who, who thinks who thinks about issues knows that those are very poor. That's those are poor support to arguments. So kids worry me. Yeah, and do you not think that it shows that there's something quite wrong with society where we're effectively well we're transitioning these kids. And that's seen as the right thing to do when we all know that children are simply not capable psychologically of making these huge life choices. Yeah, and very, very young children as well. Three, four-year-old children. Parents are taken to the gender clinics are getting referrals from children who are aged three, four, five. Uh, it's, you know, and then you've got to ask the question, why are parents doing this? What are parents seeing in their children to actually, to actually do this? Are they seeing gender non-conforming uh, behaviour? This is the question, this is where parents need to be challenged. Why do you think your child is trans? Well, my son, or whatever, whatever language they use, prefers to wear dresses. Well, why can't boys wear dresses? Mm. Uh, and do you, the question of parents is, do you have a problem with your son wearing dresses? Because my worry is, is that parents have issues about children exhibiting not, exhibiting gender non-conforming behaviour. And this is a way of uh, helping the parents address their issues. Better to have a, you know, if, better to have a gender conforming daughter than a gender non-conforming son, perhaps. Now, th that is, uh, that's a possibility of what's going on. And if that is what's going on, then this four-year-old, five-year-old child who has been told by all the adults around them that they are really a girl is, should be concerning everybody. Mm. Yeah, and it's, it seems that we don't, we've stopped understanding what it means to be a child, a teenager, which is a continual process of questioning your identity. You know, we all had, when we were going through puberty, we, the reason it's so painful is because you you don't know anything. Everything has changed. You don't know who you are. You don't know what you're going to be. You don't know what your sexuality is. All these things, they're all up in the air. So to then come along and say to these kids, well, you know, you're trans, just seems to, it's, it just seems to me abuse, if I'm being honest. I would agree with you. Yeah, it is. And rather than saying to children, uh, you know, you've got lots of questions, what we're saying is, here is the answer. You're trans. And all the issues which children do struggle with. And as you grow up, the, you know, the, the transition, we, you know, we, we talk about transition and, and it's been, it's become a loaded term. A transition is some, is something a trans person does. But we all transition as we move through life. We're different people now mm. as to who we were 10 years ago, 20 years ago. And this is all the transition through life. And there's lots of questions that we have, lots of issues that we grapple with. Uh, but, and we, and we, and we're desperate for answers to those, uh, issues. Now, the, if the answers were simple, we wouldn't be, you know, Life is complicated. Human beings are complicated. Uh, you know, one of the things I'm, I teach physics, and I sometimes say physics, physics is easy. Well, it's human beings are difficult because human beings are complex. So we've got all these issues which we're grappling with. And then to come to children, yeah, we know you, we know you've got, uh, uh, anxiety issues. We know you've got, uh, issues with, uh, you, you know, working out your sexuality and what that means to you. We know you've got issues with gender, uh, but as people growing up, it's things that we have to work through those to ourselves so we understand ourselves and we become, com uh, we become comfortable ourselves. But what we're telling children is, ah, this is because you're trans. And here is a pre-packed solution to your problems. 
you know, in the, in a pink and blue box, this is who you are. And suddenly you've got a, a ready-made answer. It's a pre-pack answers, a ready-made community who, uh, you know, uh, uh, who, uh, to, to move into. Cause the other thing about growing up, it's friendship groups and yeah. being excluded from friendship groups and, uh, you know, bullying and, uh, you know, as, as a, t- you know, as adults were forever, you know, were forever D, you ever having to, uh, help children through those issues. Uh, so a child who doesn't quite fit in because all children don't quite fit in. None of us quite fit in anywhere mm. because we're different to everybody else. To say, look, here is the pre-packed solution, including ready-made community, ready-made role models, ready-made this, ready-made that, ready-made the other. It's denying them the opportunity to find themselves, Francis. And that is, that is abuse. It, it is. And, uh, uh, and the, the last question I want to ask on this, Debbie, is, to me, this isn't just a problem we see with children or with the trans issue. It's right the way through society where what we desperately want is very simple, easy solutions to deeply complex problems. Would you agree with that? Well, yes, that, that's, that's the, uh, we, we, we've talked about binaries before. We yeah. do like, we do like to, uh, you know, we do like to, uh, reduce everything to a binary, you know. Brexit or remain, yeah, you know, or lockdown or, uh, you know, or, or whatever. Or letting you know, it rip. Or, yeah, or letting yeah. it rip. You know, the idea of nuance to think there are, there are issues here we've got to grapple with and let's hear all, let's hear all the arguments and come up with solutions which give the majority of people the majority of what they want, which is what political debate is all about, uh, gets lost in this. Mm. Uh, Debbie, it strikes me that you have an insight into something that we've not talked much about on the show, but it, it's interesting to me because you've lived both as a man and as, as a trans woman or transsexual woman, uh, but you've lived in society where people thought you were a man and then now where people think you're a woman. And I winced a little bit, you mentioned male privilege, and that's not because I don't think people are privileged in different ways. It's, I just winced because that word is so misused now often, mm. the word privilege. So tell us... What, what 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 is different when you live as a man and when you live as a woman? What have you noticed? What it, has it been like? What insight have you got? Because none of us have that experience, mm. right? Yeah, it is it is interesting. Uh, in committee meetings, for example, as a man, I'd expect certain bits of body. If I wanted to make a point in a committee meeting, you sit forwards like this, you look around, you make eye contact with the chair, and you you get you get brought in. If I'm, uh, and, and other people naturally will, will bring, will bring you into the debate in the meeting. If I'm in a, if I'm in a committee where I've not been clocked, you know, so I don't, I, I, I don't, I, I don't, you know, if, if it's a group of people that's come together and sometimes in my work, I do, I, I will turn upon a committee with to do something and I've just been sent, I've been sent along, uh, representing another group, for example. Uh, I'll just announce myself as, oh, I'm Debbie Hayton, I'm a teacher and I'm here representing so-and-so. You know, that's, uh, and I, I'm not, I've not been clocked. Then I'll be treated as a woman. And you can make the same, you can make the same eye contact with the chair, you can make the same body language and you get ignored. Uh, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't do the same thing. You Does it matter if they're a man or a woman, the committee chair? No. So women will ignore you because you're a woman? Women will give way to men, yeah. That's interesting. And they won't give wow. word, they won't give word to other women. So you, you don't get your voice in early enough. Now, now you, you might say, well, why does that matter, Debbie? You'll get your voice in eventually because you'll put your hand up and eventually you'll come to, come to you. But you might be the fourth person to speak in the debate once other people have made their minds up. So I noticed that. 
But, and here's the interesting thing, is if I'm clocked as a trans woman, I get treated as a man in that debate. Now, and, and actually, actually, I, it's, it's almost like super male privilege because nobody wants to upset me. You never upset the trans, <laughs> do you not? Well, well, that's what I was going to yeah. say. I'm uh, not sure that's about maleness. Yeah. I think that's yeah. more, I'm just assuming, mm. but hear mm. me out, is that people are now so worried about yeah. offending anyone who's yeah. in any way a minority yeah. that they'll, they'll fucking let you speak oh, forever. Yeah. yeah, they do. And yeah. uh, you go on the committee meeting there and say, I'm Debbie Hitton, I'm a, I, I'm, I'm a trans, I'm a trans woman, and I've had such a difficult, di- I've such a, <laughs> such a difficult time through life. I've been persecuted and oppressed at every opportunity, and I have struggled to get here. Four people abused me on the train this morning. I was, I, I, the, a person at the tube station gave me a funny look. Yeah. And, and I've got here and I feel so distressed, and, uh, but I, I know I'm within friends here. And oh, you can talk forever. Yeah. So that, that's like that's like super privilege. Yeah. But even you know, so I've I've known what it's been like to be a man, mm. and I've no I, I know what it likes to be treated as a woman. Mm. And yeah, and when you come out as trans, you just it's so this it, it's when I hear this about trans people being uh, you know the most oppressed, I'm thinking for crying out loud, you know. And, and, and the other Do you thing think is, maybe that's just people talking about like their childhood, like growing up in the seventies? You know, it was a different society. Yeah. I think if you'd come out in a meeting then and said, I'm actually trans and I've been, you know, someone looked at me funny, I don't think you would no, get that they, reaction. No, they wouldn't have done. But it's, it, it's uh, what you, the question you asked was, is there a difference between, yeah. is male privilege, and I would say male privilege exists in those meetings mm. where political decisions are made. Yes, everybody will have the, have, have the way, but consistently male voices will get heard first and before female voices. And it's incremental, just a little bit here, a little bit there, a little bit there, somewhere else. And uh, it means that society tends to get run for the benefit of men rather than the benefit of women. What about other stuff, Francis? Let me just follow up on this. You you know, you talk about uh, making yourself look like a man when you're walking home at night or whatever, because it's safer. Actually, I mean, you're more likely to be a victim of violence if you're a man. That's a statistic, not sexual violence, so that's a thing. But um, what, what else do you notice about being a woman and, and how people treat you differently to, to, where, to versus when you, you appeared as a man? There isn't, there isn't much. Uh, when, because in, in uh, situations where we're well known with family, you tend to get treated as who you are. Yeah. You know, and, and, and for my close family to suddenly start treating me differently because I, I've now said I'm, I prefer to be called something else and I'd, it, it didn't happen. And, uh, and at work, I tend to get treated as, as me. Uh, out in the street when people treat you differently, it's, it's hard to say, you know, it, it's what, what is, what, what's the big thing about how, uh, I want to be treated differently as a man or a woman. And as I've tried to unpack this within myself, it's not about you and it's not about the rest of society. It's, it's, it's purely largely and squarely about me and how I relate to myself and my body. That, that's, that's the key to it. And, Society is, for me, is a bit of a bystander. And as long as you'll allow me to uh, live my life without persecuting me, oppressing me, and you do, then I don't, I don't, I don't have a problem in, in, you know, in living here. It's, it's, it's a great place. It's the UK for trans people to live. It really is. And, uh, you know, it really does upset me when uh, people say, you know, it's, it's really dreadful. Uh, yeah, everybody's out to get us because they're not. And if we whip ourselves up into some sort of frenzy about that, then 
then we'll not be living. We'll be uh, just living in fear of nasty things happening to us. And uh, it's probably not going to happen. And we look at the fact that we have these groups now and it just seems that we're more polarised, more divided than ever. How do we get some form of healing? How do we actually come together and try and bridge the gap between all of us in order that we can actually have a better and more harmonious society? I think we need... uh we need to take identity out of political debate. We need to be looking at people's rights to do things rather than people's rights to be things. So that whenever we start basing laws and policies around identity, when people being things, then we have big, huge problems. And identity politics is, it, it, it just, it just leads to, it just leads to so many issues. And whenever politics gets divided on identity, it becomes, you know, it, it, we we end up with problems that become unsurmountable, like you know, like in the north of Ireland, for example, where politics is divided on identity. It's just a constant issue to try and uh, move you know move, move issues forward. Whereas what we should be doing here, we should be we should be moving the debate along people's rights to be. People should be, have a right to uh, you know be whoever they like. You know, we, we are, we, for good, let's say it for goodness sake, we are individuals, but move the debate for the rights to do things. Uh, so our rights to, you know, wear a skirt, for example. Now, wouldn't it be better if we pushed for, pushed for the law not to say, because I identify as trans, I have a right to dress like this without being abused. How about just saying everybody in society has a right to dress like this because they're human beings? You know, so we take it away from the identity and say, you have a right to do this, you have a right to do this, and you have a right to do this. And that I think that I think would be a way forwards. You're talking about really letting people do what they want as long as they're not hurting other people. Basically. Well, yeah, it's it's the uh the law the law should be uh permitting certain actions and prohibiting other actions. And it's 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 out of political debate. We know where to put the barriers down. So we've all, we, we, the law protects our rights to do things and not, and, and stops us doing other things. Uh, and, but in this issue, it's become, uh, it's become mixed with identity. So we're then saying, well, we then start talking about your right to be trans, you know, or prohibiting you from being trans. And this is where people actually say, we say, you're denying my identity. Whereas what we should really be doing is saying, let's have a look at the issues here. Let's have a look. Make these rights universal. You know, the, you know, trans rights are human rights. Yes, they are. Let's have a look. We'll give everybody the right to, uh, to dress, you know, to, 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 uh, pick up from either dress code. You know, organizations traditionally have had one dress code for men, one dress code for women. Why? Let's just let everybody, you know, select from either dress code. Uh, then there's other issues such as uh, it used to, it just sounds bananas. It used to be an issue changing, uh, you know, your title from Mr. to Mrs. And were you allowed to do this? Well, you know, my title was doctor, so I never had that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, why should, why should that be an issue? So when there's, when there's rights like that, we should be saying, you know, let, let's cement those rights in. Everybody has a right to do that. But then there are rights which do affect other groups. And that's when we're coming down to the, the debate that's been there about women's boundaries. And essentially what's been happening here is we, that male people have been demanding the right to, uh, to access rights which have been granted to the other sex. 
for reasons known only to ourselves. So when I say, I now identify as a trans woman, therefore I need to, uh, I need to come into uh, those women's spaces, you've got to let me into those spaces, uh, I don't need to say why I identify as a trans woman because that's uh, then, then I'm having to uh, justify my existence or whatever. No, nobody answers that. But without without giving reasons, and then ex- then identity politics would say because I identify as this, therefore I must have those rights. Which I think that is that leads to all sorts of problems. And I think we should be looking at in each case the right to do things. So we met. You mentioned toilets before, which has become an incredibly politicised issue because it's it's there as a case in point. You know, we need we need to solve that. So on that one... Well, I was going to ask you on that one because there's probably an even better question to ask you there. Uh, I was going to wrap up, but I think yeah. this is important. Mm. Um, you talk about male-bodied people and want all of that stuff. I guess the question, if you boil it right down, is if you commit a crime and you are supposed to go to prison... That's where this idea, well, people call me he or she, doesn't really matter. That's when, you know, that stops being the case. You have to make a binary decision, Mm. at at least at the moment. You either go to a male prison or a female prison. Now, I I don't know about the prison system, but I don't imagine the prison system is kind to people like you if you were sent to a male prison, right? But equally, we've had cases where male-bodied people have gone to a female prison and have committed unspeakable acts that should never have happened. So how do you square that circle? Well, the prison, prison, the prison state is divided by sex, and I'm male. I would, I would go to a male prison. We need, though, to be looking at the at my rights to be protected from that, and this is this this is where my campaigning would come in. This is a this is a tough ask. This is this is this is where you're going to be wanting, you know, separate facilities. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to want to share in a cell with with somebody else. Uh, Showering and changing facilities, uh, I pass reasonably well. You know, if people, you know, if people don't notice, but in the showers, I pass, I pass much better in the showers than I do any, anywhere else. Mm. Uh, so, but that, that's a tough ask of society. That's to say to society, look, I've done this and I am expecting you as society to pay a bit extra here and to put special facilities on here and, uh, separate accommodation perhaps. Uh, all these things. I'm not saying, and I think this is wrong, is saying to society, we should ask women to budge up and make room in the, in the female estate because that's what would be, that, that in my view is the... Uh, you're you know, putting people in danger. I mean, it's horrific what's yeah, happened. Yeah, so women and, and the profile of, of female offenders in prison is totally different to the profile of male offenders. If you look at how many uh, sex, what, what women end up in prison for is very different to what men, you know, men end up in prison for violent crime and, you know, women, women often end up as, more often than not, as being the accomplices of crime. Mm. And, and you look at the profiles of women in prison and a lot of things is you think you're a bigger, vic- you know, you, you, are, you are a victim here and a victim of circumstance. When you look at sex offenders, around, you know, around an eighth of male prisoners are sex offenders. Mm. Uh, and there's close on 100,000 men in the male estates. So that's 12,500 sex offenders. The female estate is much smaller. It's about 4,000. It's not like there's two half estates. No. So it's, like, it's like this and like this. Mm. And then suddenly you're saying, well, we're then going to put this group of males in with the females. And then when you look at the profile of the, uh, of the male, of the 
trans, you know, the transgender offenders, it's not an eighth. It's close on a half of sex offenders. Yeah. And there you've got you've got a big problem. And and just to gloss it over and say, you know, well, this is just how it will be, and saying that hopefully there aren't too many problems in women's prisons. Uh, or we'll deal with we'll deal with bad cases. We'll deal with problems in the code. Hope there's not going to be too many. I think it's totally unacceptable. What what they've been what society's been saying to women is you've got to budge up and make room. And I've got total sympathy with women who say enough. You know we're not doing this, and they're quite right. I, I agree. I mean that that is an issue where it's like this is so obviously yeah. wrong and just. So I guess you, what you're saying is you need to make special arrangements for yeah. male-bodied people who present as women. To, to be treated differently. Yeah. And, look, and, and it caught, this is the thing you see, and it, it costs, costs more. Yeah. So the government is much, the government may be happier to I take know. the cheapskate solution, yeah. which is just to move us in with Yeah, women. but you, you yeah. can't have women being raped by these no. people because we we don't want to pay extra money. You yeah. just, I mean, it's it's a no-brainer yeah. to me, that one. Debbie, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show and you've you've cleared some of these things up for us. Uh, I'm sure we'll have to continue to, to try and get wrap our heads around it as a society. But thank you so much for coming on. And as always, we have one more question for you. Which is, what's the one thing we're not talking about, but we really should be? The power of the tech giants in San Francisco and Seattle to control what we think and control what we're allowed to say. Well put. We've been yeah. talking about it quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, good point. Thank you very much. And Debbie, if people want to find you on social media, wherever else, where's the best place to do that? Uh, Twitter's probably the best place. If you search my name, it'll, it, it comes up. We'll make, <laughs> we'll make sure we'll put it in the description. Uh, thank you so much for coming on and thank you for watching. We will see you very soon with another episode like this one or a live stream. All of them go out at 7 p.m. UK time. Take care and see you soon, guys. Before you go, consider joining our exclusive member feed. As a member, you'll get ad-free and extended interviews. Click the membership link in the podcast description or find the exclusive episodes link on your podcast listening app to join us.